You're listening to Hey guys, welcome back to First of All, a real unfiltered conversation on career, family, relationships, all things modern culture. I'm Mindy Chang, your host, and this is going to be a good one, guys. I've said this a little less five episodes, but this is going to be a good one. Um, I'm really excited to have new and uh, returning listeners alike tune in for this amazing conversation that I know is about to unfold uh, about alcohol and about drinking and sobriety, partying, and all the things under that umbrella uh, with a really wonderful friend who is so smart and funny. You guys are going to have such a blast getting to know him. Please welcome to, first of all, Brian Hom. Ex- except to me, I've known him as Brian Gosling. <laughs> Hi, Brian. How you doing? Good. How are you? Uh, doing well. Sober at the moment. <laughs> yeah, sober at the moment. Okay, first of all, <laughs> we're just like jump right in. Um, how would you introduce yourself? Because we had a, like a little bit of tough time like crystallizing your your 30-second elevator pitch? Well, I guess I've been a part of, like, the Asian-American community for a while, you know, various events. Like, I think I met you at Collaboration, uh, probably various uh, Jet Set events. So explain what Jet Set is, because that's, like, when you say Asian-American community, that means a lot of different things to a lot of different people. Well, I think we were more of a part of the like the Asian party scene. The to be night- a little bit more precise, nightlife scene. Yes, yes. Which was kind of infamous about you know six years ago. There was this wave, right? Yeah, like it, it kind was, of it there was, was like a pinnacle. Yeah, it was really it was really popular. Yeah, um, called Jet Set. Yeah, I was a promoter for still kind of am off and on, but not as intense as it was like four years ago where I was do- going out like. Three to four times a week. I don't get that. We can, well, we will unpackage that. And, that um, and so, how, and so, how long would you say you were doing the like when it was kind of the hardcore, three to four times a week? How long was that? I think it, I did it since when I was like twenty five. So I'm doing it when I was like twenty nine. Okay, so, good four and, years. And right of now like, I'm thirty one. So I think past two years it's kind of like died down. So thank the Lord. <laughs> no, your, your liver thanks the Lord. Uh, yeah. yeah. That's okay. So we do the math. That's a lot of partying. Yes. Got it. Um, but I'll say from my side, like, yeah, do you remember meeting you through our dear friend, Steve? Ken? Yes. Um, not the Steve that's been on this podcast. We had Slim come talk about his dating life, which was <laughs> okay. hilarious. I hope you listen to that. But um, I, need a, I need to listen to your discography of the. Please do. Yeah, I definitely do need to check. I listened to our mutual friend Tom's podcast. Wasn't that a good episode? Yeah. Well, I mean, both of you guys, I mean, Tom's just like relaxed, kind of laxing days ago, and he's just like goes with the flow kind of guy. Mm -hmm. He's very insightful, very wise. Yeah. And and Tom is, ironically, that topic was a lot about kind of like growing up, him becoming like a grown man. But um, that also included the whole partying, Mm, dating scene. Yeah. Our... our, our storyline is kind of interlinked, just yeah. Because just because me and him, uh, well, he was my boss. For, he was the founder of Jet Set, so hardcore. You know, so me and, and he he ended up recruiting me into a lot of this, a lot of this as well, and helped me be a little bit more socially active. And I mean, socially active meaning like 
out there partying, partying. meeting people, you know, <laughs> making you know making connections, you know. Yeah, yeah. And that, yeah. I mean, it's it was kind of like part two of college, you know, the college partying scene, but with a bunch of like, but we all have money now and we can go out and buy drinks and everything. Yeah, so yeah. it's just like, we're not Get bumming. tables. Yeah. So we're not, we're not bumming it around, but. Yeah, you know, yeah. It's a different, that's, that's an interesting way to yeah. put it, say it's college part two. So, I mean, that's how I, I knew Brian. So I'd say contextually for me, Brian was always like, cause I also knew Tom because he was part of the party scene, but Tom was kind of a different huh. character, I guess, if we're calling this like the movie. Mm-hmm. Tom's a little bit like of the godfather mm-hmm. character mm-hmm. he's not necessarily the one that's like doing everything he's kind of just like there Behind presiding the over the chaos and definitely at the party but to me you were like the life of the party <laughs> that's how i know you yeah i definitely got wild blacked out a lot R- ran into certain people always woke up in precarious places okay uh, we gotta like we'll, we'll share <laughs> that. that but like but, but and that's so it's funny maybe I remember more of our interactions than you remember <laughs> do you want to go into the one infamous you know <laughs> actually it wasn't at a party that that we uh, the one big incident that uh, unfolded do you, more, to, more, uh, do you want to go into it or you, you can okay. you set, you're setting it up right now so well go, go I mean uh, I think Steve invited you to Coach- to our Coachella house. Yes, I needed and a place to stay. <laughs> Last second, he's like, "Oh yeah, can Mitchie say yeah? Of course." She didn't really have a place to sleep there. Mm-hmm. Um, I was like, so, so she was probably gonna cash, you know, cat. I mean, couch surf at the time, and uh, I was like, "I'll sleep in the bathtub if you can <laughs> hand me a pillow. Like, it's cool." <laughs> and after day one, I got so blitzed off of the various things that I did to during the day, we got home. We were playing beer pong. I think we were playing. We weren't playing beer pong. I think it was Jameson ins- inside the cups. Of course, it was. You know, you know, it's a staple. Jameson is a staple. But, In your world, <laughs> yes. And uh, I definitely blacked out that night. Uh, I think I ended up uh, waking up on the floor, and I just told. I think when I was playing beer. Jameson Paul, mm-hmm. you ended up. Yeah, I ended up telling you, you can just go sleep in my bed. I'm not going to sleep in it. <laughs> so you do remember that? Yeah, so you I remember. Like, I remember telling you, yeah, just go. Yeah. And then I blacked out in, you know, into the in that interval. Yeah. Between that point where I told you to go, just crash in my bed. And, and when you and then to go when to I bed. Then when I was continuing the game, ended up blacking out, causing a ruckus. I think. Where I, did you wake up that day? That next. I morning? think I woke up on the floor. Right outside the room you were sleeping in. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't even make it inside. And no. then I proceeded to take the bed the rest of the trip. Yeah. <laughs> I kind of like, I kind of like planted my flag and I was like, so I claim this bed. And well, the funny thing is I was completely willing to, to be fair. I was willing. If you ever wanted the bed, I was like, I will sleep wherever. Yeah. I just don't feel like you ever got to the bed because you were like, Having guests and like yeah, it was just it was like it was just like mayhem. the whole the whole trip was mayhem. We had See, parties. I can't do that. Like we had parties. I need we, sleeps. <laughs> well, you know, at that time my body was just like pretty fresh. I mean, that was like three years ago, three four years ago. It was three years ago. Is that fresh after you've been like assaulting it with alcohol for years already? At that yeah, point, you're I mean, like, it's well, still fresh. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you this, I. I was a late bloomer. I didn't start drinking until I didn't start drinking profusely until I was like twenty. Okay. 
Uh, See, that's what you call a late bloomer. Okay, yeah. let's start. Okay, so first of all, that's what I should have started it off with because the context. I love that we dived in with like uh-huh. our our shared uh, Coachella experience because that was like me sp- spending an extended period of time with uh-huh. you because I'd already seen already seen you, but like periphery. in periphery at events, and that's yeah. different interactions than when you're like on a trip with somebody. Yeah, and like to me. That's why I was like, this would be a great, because I wanted to discuss the dynamics and the culture around drinking, partying, et cetera. And you just were like the perfect person in my mind Uh because I think it's not only the fact that like that weekend really kind of showed me, opened my eyes, the extent to which you and your crew and Steve and everybody um, did party. Uh Because I was like, I don't know how you have the energy to continuously go to the festival, come back and have like a whole other second, third, fourth party until like dawn, sleep like a tiny bit, and then do a day party, and then go back to like it was beyond my comprehension. So it was just like well, okay, we got time. But non safe for work podcast, right? Yeah, you're fine. Well, 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 I mean, it's obviously we're not just doing Red Bull. Yeah, yes. <laughs> I mean, there's there's a lot of PEDs that are uh, what is involved that? with. What is that? <laughs> I don't know. Okay. No, but I, I mean, like, this is, I mean, there's there's tricks to the trade. I mean, that's that's a pretty obvious one. Yeah. I mean, that's the, the reason why we were able to extend ourselves. I can't do that anymore. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm 31 right now. I'm not, I, I'm feeling it in my body. Like, yeah. I can't, I can't, I can't really do that, that, that binge for the entire, I mean, I've also done, like, the whole, like, EDC marathon where you, you go, you go for, you go from the club to the festival to day club and you do that nonstop throughout the whole weekend. And I did that once and it destroyed my body and I, I didn't really recover until like two weeks later. But I mean, oh these God. are I mean, everything, everything. I mean, this, this is what you call trade offs. I mean, you have, you know, if you're going to do this, you're going to be sacrificing like your next two weeks. The next you're going to you're gonna, you're gonna be, you're gonna be filling it in your body. Yeah. You know, yeah eventually. Yeah. But it's, it's, I mean, it's fine to do it like, Ever so often, but it's not to do it every weekend. But it will have, it does have diminishing returns. For sure. <laughs> I love that you're putting this in a very, very uh, academic terminology so we can understand the diminishing returns of substance abuse. Okay, so you're about to say um, that you're a late bloomer. So you started drinking, yes. but you said drinking profusely. When did you first have your first oh, alcoholic man. beverage? Oh, it was right after. Um, Graduating high school, I was actually very, I was very against drinking and everything. Were you now? Yeah, I was really against doing Based anything. Based on what? On like, were uh, you like a hardcore religious kid or no, what? It was just I, I, moral I, high ground. Of I, like, I, it was more of just dare. Uh, really got to you? No, it was. It was like the dare campaign. I mean, we. I mean, I remember in like elementary school that we had we had like police officers that would come in and do do like the whole like drug spiel. Like this is you know scaring us. Like this is you're gonna go to jail and do all this stuff. Yeah. And then with drinking, uh, what was it like every 15 minutes kind of thing? Yeah. They, with the, yeah. So every 15 minutes for anybody who's listening, we actually have some international listeners. But um, for if you haven't heard of every 15 minutes, it was a program that I don't know if it was just California, but we did it in my high school mm. and the surrounding high schools where they would reenact. They would literally create um, uh, an accident scene that you, the whole school would see. But every 15 minutes, an alarm would go off. We're like, we had our, our school bell would go off and somebody would get up and leave the classroom somewhere in the school because every 15 minutes, right, somebody, somebody dies yeah. from like from drunk driving. Yeah, drunk driving. So that was like a scare tactic. It was a program to like to make young teenagers 
like viscerally aware that there are consequences to drunk driving. And so we're literally watching our friends hypothetically die every 15 minutes. And then we would, for us, we had a car, a crash car on our quad. Oh, really? Yeah. You didn't have that? Uh, I think what we had is that we had like a, an assembly. We went into the, and we would have certain people, we actually had certain students in our class, in our in each grade. They all took them out to like the morgue and you know jails, and they like these were like problem kids, and they took them out. They took them they, to the morgue. They took them to the morgue. They took them to jail. They took them to the police. They took um, took them to. I think the police officers ended up taking them to the station, and then they were just like. And I think they kind of like recorded their their reactions, and then they sh- displayed the. Um, they kind of filmed and doctored the videos to, you know, show us like what they experienced, and they were like sobbing and crying. Yeah, and yeah. Kind of, I mean, it was like it, it, to me, it was so kind of like it was kind of like it was like kind of a propaganda kind of kind of thing. But I mean, like the point got across is like don't do this. You know? Right, like, right, There's right. like this is you know this is before Uber and Lyft and everything. Yeah, just yeah, like, yeah. So there was like because it was it was a real. I mean, there there's yeah, it's a different culture now, and technology has provided yes alternative yeah. means. And honestly, for us, it's like we're in our thirties. This was a very recent development. Yeah. Like we spent our twenties with no like a lot of Uber, Lyft, anything. Because no. yeah. as far as I remember, it happened like mid or later twenties onward was yeah. Uber and Lyft. So yeah, this was like a real problem, and drunk driving was a gen- and like me being a public health nerd, it was statistically likely like that a teenager if they died likely would be from drunk driving. Yes. Yeah, cause of death for teens was a lot related to that. So it sounded like it worked. It did work on me. I mean, it kind of worked on me, but I was like religious, so I was just like, no. "Oh, it's just yeah, not allowed." Yeah, I grew up. My dad was Christian. My mom was Buddhist, so I kind of oh. grew up like agnostic. Like, uh, what? They didn't impose. Uh, no, on I you? didn't. It's just like I didn't. I was kind of like left there to figure it out on my own. Got it. I was I, when I was growing up. I was kind of like militant atheist, and now I'm just like, uh, there's more out there to think about. Okay, that's besides the point. Um, but you said, did I learn anything from it? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, interesting. The one thing I refrained from telling you outside uh-huh. was when I was actually coming in and driving down here. Uh-huh. Uh, I don't even know if I told you this, but uh, about a year and a half ago, I got a DUI. <laughs> I did not know yeah. this. Okay. And where I got pulled over was less than two miles away from here. Really? Yeah. I got pulled over on the 170 right off of Burbank. So you're like, north. right. We're not going to like tell everyone where I live. But, <laughs> but, <laughs> but it's pretty close. Yeah, it's, it's, pretty it's pretty close. close. Yeah. It's pretty close. Wow. Okay. So do you want to, like, I don't want, you, you don't have to share more than you, you care to. I, I, but was that kind of a, a turning point for you? or like, uh, Actually, hold that thought. Because I, can I hold that thought? Yeah. Because I would love to, like, set the stage a little bit more. So you, because I still, we're still, like, understanding uh-huh. when it started. Because I still think that's really interesting. And then we can bring it back to the uh-huh. DUI, okay. DUI point. Okay. There's a big gap there. Yeah. 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 So you had your first, what was your first drink? My first drink was in, right after graduating high school uh-huh. at a friend's house where he, his parents were not home. Uh and he had a bunch of alcohol. And we were like, sure, why not? And I, I thought, it to the and, I thought and I thought taking and I got one shot and I only did one shot and it was just like I get age blow. I was just flushed. And that was it. We all we all I think we slept we slept over in 
it left in the morning and stuff. Was it she like would, it was it was it like a big bender or anything? Right. Like was it whiskey? Was it vodka? What was it? Was it was vodka. It was vodka. vodka. It was vodka. How uh, did you How did you feel when you first tasted it? What was your if you can just remember? T- it just I thought I already had this like preconceived notion where I was like, uh, this is like really bad and terrible. So it was like very. So I was like really naughty. So you're like, oh, I'm gonna do this. You're being rebellious. Yeah, I don't know necessarily rebellious, but it was just like really, you know, you get that, you know, that rush of adrenaline when you do something that you're not supposed to. Against so, the rules. So it's really, yeah, it's yeah. really pernicious. And uh, got yeah. it. Did you did you feel? Like you're being like grown up because I mean the thing is after graduation I mean no, you're no, like 17 just, 18 years old I think I think it was more of a it was just like everybody else is doing it it's like why not you know kind of why not uh, yeah why not you know it's just like I gotta do I gotta do it at least once you know it's it's kind of the thought where um you have to try it once just to know what it feels like whether you like it or you don't like it you know got kind of it thing. got it so then you just went for it you're at a friend's house yeah you're like with your buddies but, but that wasn't like the point where I was like oh my god I get a drink all the time right, it was, right, right. It was, it was like, just trying it yeah I was just trying it did you so you got do you, would you say you got drunk from the one shot no but you felt it you got flushed yeah, and you felt yeah, the effect yeah did you what did you think of the effect of it uh, the feeling of like it didn't. It wasn't as mind altering as I, a lot of people thought. You know, going into it, like everybody's like, "You're not gonna remember anything. You're gonna black out of one." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah, that's yeah. like the kind of like uh, those. Those are the kind of myths that people like put in your head before you're like of age to drink. They're like, "You're not gonna remember anything. You're gonna black out after one shot." He's like, yeah. "You can't handle it," kind of thing. And I was like, and everybody thought after I took that one shot that I was just like absolutely obliterated because I was just like because you were so right. right. So I was just like, and then I remember everybody's like, "You're not going to remember this." I was like, "Yeah, well." You know what's funny? Okay, so you're like you're saying like, "Oh, it's such a cliche," and people yeah. say you're going to blacked out. Um, I did. <laughs> nice. It's not nice. Well, nice, nice. To be fair, okay. So my my first drink, real drink ever, was a Smirnoff Ice. It was a lemon flavored Smirnoff ice in Paris Damn when fancy. I was 19. Well, see, my life has been a K drama at certain points. Like, I was giving you a little bit of insight of like yeah. my background. And I had grown up very, very Christian and very, very, not just like goody goody, but like I was like the condemning kind of like, I was very judgmental of people who oh. were like really. Big on something. You're like the total opposite of that right now. Yeah. You're just like very like open and well, understanding like, and empathetic. <laughs> I, I, I think I am more because I've been through a lot of things, oh, right? Man. But like, and that's what I would love to talk to you about, just like alcohol. Because okay, so my first drink I had when I was going through something really terrible. So if you listen uh-huh. to my podcast, there was another uh, incident in my life where I was dating somebody really terrible and it ended really catastrophically uh-huh. while I was in Paris. This is why it's like, you can't write this nonsense, but um, it wasn't nonsense. It was real life. But I was in a very bad state mm-hmm. and I was really trying to enjoy, this was in the aftermath after like everything had just kind of like, hit the fan. I was trying to gather myself and I'm in this like foreign country 
you know, and then France is this oh, complete. Have you ever been to Paris? No, I haven't. So France is like it's Europe is a very. I mean, their drinking age is like sixteen. Yeah, it's no big deal. Uh-huh. And I think honestly, and this is why I think like drinking culture. Why it's interesting to talk about it from an American standpoint is really different. Yeah. So like getting a drink there is like no big deal. Mm-hmm. And so everyone I was with, these all these study abroad students, a lot of them were from California. They were like trying to cheer me up. So to them, like their college, I was like a sophomore, so uh-huh. and I was very sheltered, so uh-huh. I didn't have the same attitude towards drinking. I knew that everybody did it. I saw it in mu- movies. I saw it in music videos. I know that alcohol is a thing. I just never tried it. Uh-huh. So I was like, you know what? Like, I'm free of this guy. I felt like I was out of like prison. You know, uh-huh. like I'm gonna live my life and I'm gonna uh-huh. go do what I want. Um, don't recommend doing that when you're like having been crying for the last like three, four months straight. Uh-huh. My body was weak. I was like <laughs> probably malnourished. You know, I was probably eating like once a day and I was okay. like really emotionally exhausted. So I had two thirds of that Smirnoff ice because I was drinking it so slowly because. I was so kind of like scared and like hesitant. I was like, what's this going to do to me? So I was like, we were at a bar. I drank two thirds of it. And then we left to go to a club, which I was actually really excited about because I love dancing. And then we're in line for this hip hop club in the middle of Paris. And we are the first ones there. But as people came in, it started getting, Uh you know, crowded, crowded, crowded. And all these people are like, you know, crowding in on you. And when you're drunk and you don't have a lot of air, like Uh you don't know how to function. I, I just blacked out. So I remember it because I was standing there and I was like, I don't feel so good. And I was kind of miserable. At the very beginning, I was like, oh, this buzz is interesting. I didn't necessarily like, I like this, but I was like, this is really interesting. I feel, you know, like the woozy, the buzz, uh-huh. right? But then it really quickly escalated. As soon as I was like short on air and I'm small, right? All these bodies around me, I couldn't really breathe. And I just remember like, I remember it glowing black. Uh-huh. I like blacked out and then uh, I It's I amazing fell. you remember your blackouts. Yeah. I just remember it being like, oh my God, what's happening? So like I just remember it going dark and then I remember somebody picking me up. And so this giant black Parisian guy um, picked me up as if I was like, you know, a feather. He picked me up and like carried me over to the stairwell area where I could sit and breathe. And then I revived. But I was so terrified. So this that was, was my this first was, drink. This, this was like 19? At 19? 19, 19, yeah. In Paris? In Paris. Getting, getting fucked up? Blacked out. Nice. Off of two thirds of a smart <laughs> off. I didn't even finish the bottle. And so most people, that's like uh, juice. I can't even think about drinking that much now. Like in one sitting, I can't think. I mean, I do my, I do a lot of drinking, but it's over like. But you're, like you know span. what I'm talking about? I'm, not, I'm talking about like a regular beer bottle size Smirnoff ice. Oh, one of those little the little oh. bottle, like individual oh, I bottles. It was like a fit. Oh no, Brian! I was no. just like, oh my god. Who do you think I am? No, Benji, no. you are a beast. A tiny one, the tiny like oh, okay. smaller than I probably like. A, and this oh. is France, and I feel like everything's smaller there. Oh. So I swear that bottle was smaller than oh, like. I a thought cr- it was like the smallest smear of. It's like either those like one shot. Uh, bottles or the it was like a coke fit? bottle but smaller okay, okay, it was like okay. smaller than a, I feel like a corona oh, I, I got I drank two thirds of that and got wasted okay. and blacked out from okay. two thirds of that I ha- and also for the record I've never finished a beer in my life <laughs> I can't so that's my oh, context man. I mean my, the first time I ever drank was not too exciting it, like my my drinking escalated because I was I joined a fraternity oh okay when I was in college and that's like the second arc and you know what, what frat was it? Uh, Phi Delta Theta. Phi Delta. Okay, I don't know that. One. Uh, Neil Armstrong is in it. 
Uh, Neil Armstrong. Okay. Uh, oh, you got your Adam's, whole alumni. No, I know, I know. Like all the I alumni. Got, we got at what school? Uh, Cal State Northridge. Right Cal State. Now. Okay. You're a total uh, valley boy. Yeah, I'm a total valley boy. Like, oh my god. No, but uh, who else? Uh, and like the two people that come into my head that I like to promote is probably uh, Neil Armstrong and Adam Silver, who is the commissioner of the NBA. Right? Okay. Yeah, so, yeah, those are like the two ones I like that would be that like, were part of your. Uh, fight. You uh, were uh, from- Reynolds was a fight out too. Oh, too, interesting. Yeah, so, yeah, uh, yeah, my drinking definitely escalated. They, forced us like like right now it's like everything about like fraternities right now is like very very hostile especially with you know me too moving and everything and, mm-hmm. uh, but you know when, I, when my experience with drinking like from the end of high school it's always been like a positive thing in my life you know? okay so it's never been like oh i'm depressed i gotta drink okay kind of like yours it was more like oh i'm gonna go with my friends and we're gonna go to this party and we're gonna drink with these See, that girls. was the objective yeah it was i was depressed but my objective with like the trying to drink was like i want to go have fun like yeah. i'm gonna go let no it's like we always like with my f- group of friends we always had fun uh-huh. and then like drinking was like the accelerant God. So it was always like, oh, so it's like we're going to have like a good time, but we're going to have even a better time because we're going to be doing this thing at this place with like these girls or that. It's like, so. Got it. So it was always, that was like the, that was always the approach to drinking. That's how I always projectively thought about drinking. Got it. So it was never, there was never like. It's like a fun accessory. It's not a necessity, video. but things are better because yeah, like we're having a good time with yeah. alcohol. Yeah. That's how I always viewed alcohol, you know, but. That was that was like the second art. Then like well, I think a lot of the things that like I was always a social drinker. So when we, you know, a lot of the things that I was kind of like awkward. Uh-huh. When I was getting, like a lot of us were awkward when we were kind of going into college. But like joining a fraternity, it kind of threw you into like the mix, and yeah. you definitely were put into awkward situations you had to get out of. So. There's a lot there that I want to <laughs> know about. Oh, man. Just I mean, it's just like, just, there's just, a lot of awkward situations. I mean, like, just hitting it, just like, I don't know. I can't I can't recall any specific situation, but I mean, I remember. How inconvenient. <laughs> but, but, I mean, like, when you're talking to certain, when you're talking to girls, like, you just don't know how to carry on a conversation. Okay. Like, right now, I can have a conversation with you, no problem. But yeah. when. And I think that really translated when I started promoting. Got it. So that's why, you know, um, Tom, Tom, and Steve recruited me into Jet Set and made me an integral part of it. Right. So I mean, what's your take on that now? So do you? So you? I mean, overall, it sounds like you have this like appreciation for how it kind of was a gateway or like a tool. For something that you enjoyed, but also a tool for you to like open up and practice yeah, and yeah. get comfortable with like talking to whoever, yeah. be that girls or like other friends, making new friends or whatever. Yeah, I mean, okay. I, I mean, like the whole the whole premise of like promoting and going to clubs and the other like thing is like how we make money is yeah, uh, it's like from drinking and having having a good time and you know you know with anything uh, if you're going out of the bounds of moderation. Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. you're gonna start stumbling into, you know, dangerous territory. But I mean, it, when it's when it's modulated, it was always really, really fucking fun. So, how would you make that? Okay, so I'm curious because uh, so I went to I went to Berkeley, and so I was Oof. in the the nerd zone, and I loved it. And you know, I am not one total, of my best friends went to Berkeley. Yay, yeah. go Bears! Um, and so it was it was interesting because 
it's a different set of individuals, and like uh-huh. you know, there are different schools that had different. It's, was it? Reps. Was it? Was it? Was it? Click. There was. There's a chapter of Final Fantasy to Berkeley as well, but yeah. Uh, um, what was your experience in college? My so like when I was dating my my the bad ex, we ended my sophomore year. Uh-huh. So I felt like the first two years of my college experience were very, very unique and different because I was very isolated and I didn't socialize. Like he was a controlling person. And uh-huh. so there is very far and deep and that's not for this podcast, but like to, yeah. to sum it up, I didn't talk or socialize with anybody. Um, and so when I got out of that, when I came back my junior year after Paris, um, it's kind of like, a little bit in a way like the floodgates open like uh-huh. I'm free woman I, I told you I felt uh-huh. like I got out of prison right uh-huh. so um, I definitely kind of just dove right in into socializing and I joined CASO so we had two Korean clubs on on college campus on our at our our school because one was the party Koreans and one was the square Koreans okay <laughs> so we had KSA which was the party and like we anybody who knows Korean America KSA has like a rep you say KSA or CASA people think of partying people think of drinking oh this was your fraternity no so i was so i was in caso so i joined the square one even as like a a newly liberated free woman to like go party as i please i chose a square Uh it was a dry club Uh so to me that was like what i was used to though you know Uh what i mean so even though i had tried alcohol in france and like gotten drunk and everything it never clicked with me as something that made me feel good, to be honest. Uh-huh. Like, it was interesting. I was curious about it. Like, I don't regret trying it or anything. Uh-huh. But it never, like, stuck with me as, like, oh, this is, like, the best. Like, <laughs> I was like, this is interesting. But it also made me pass out and, like, sleepy. And uh-huh. I kind of, like, don't like how I feel when I'm if, – if I'm hungover, which uh-huh. happened a couple times. So I opted for the sober life. It was always kind of that. But, like – that's where college was for me. And so I attended some frat parties. Uh-huh. My best friend, who was also my roommate, she was in a sorority. Uh-huh. Um, she was in Katie Phi. Okay. That was like a rant. I didn't think she would. I love you, Linda. I never thought she would be in a sorority. So I got to kind of get exposure to that world through her uh-huh. and her friends. Um, and I saw a lot of it from kids. So KSA, my senior year, KSA and Castle merged. Because Casa was kicking butt. Let's be real. Um, we had a lot of the membership. KSA had more of the money from the school. So we merged. I uh-huh. became co-president of that. And uh, so there was literally a conflict, an internal conflict in our in our org because we were arguing Casa, which had more of the people. We had more of the following because people loved our events. We had community service. We did parties. We did ski trips. We did retreats. And more people came to our stuff even though we were dry. And KSA just party. They did clubbing nights. They did like... Oh, yeah, I mean the... The underlying principle for a lot of these organizations is to build a sense of community. Right. You don't even have that if you're just there for. I mean, like a lot of a lot of the fraternities now is just like, oh, the partying and the girls, you know? right? But, but the what are the successful organizations? The one that builds a sense of community, right? So we kind of had that, and so because we wanted to merge, and it was like the two Koreas becoming one. Yeah. The main thing that was of contention between these like eighteen to twenty-one year olds is like, are we going to drink or not? So yeah. we literally, because the one that had more of the following was a dry organization, and then the other one had money. More like they were the ones that had a longer history with the school, and they therefore had more funds. They had they were partiers, so that was like within the Korean. The Korean American Student Association, which I became co-president of, it was that was our fight my senior year. So my 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 uh, and being Korean too, just my relationship with alcohol, seeing it so much uh-huh. as like 
an inherent part of being Korean is that you drink and a lot mm-hmm. frequently is always like not settled uh, sat right with me to be honest huh. yeah because to me I did see people have a lot of fun with it and I'm not trying to take away anybody's fun but I saw a lot of like terrible stuff and I was on the receiving side of a lot of bad stuff because people were wasted well, I think this goes perfectly in line with what I experienced in college and in my fraternity like we were um because of a lot of the a lot of drinking and some hazing and yeah, I was going to ask about of, that. Like my uh, my fraternity actually did become dry when I was in when I was in the fraternity. Why? And, uh, because as a punishment? No, it wasn't as a punishment. No, the organization as a whole, the whole fraternity. Uh, national actually, we're an international fraternity. We also have chapters in Canada, so uh, we actually became a dry organization. Whoa! Yeah, so uh, so that transition was kind of hard while we were. While we were doing it, so it's kind of kind of parallels your situation. Wow! With the so I was when uh, when I was in the fraternity, uh, I was kind of a more on the dry side because I wanted to make sure that our chapter was still instated with the uh, with the university. Uh huh. So were you in leadership in the? I prep? was. Yeah, I was in. Uh, I had various positions. Uh, I think it was like pledge master at one point. Okay. I was no, I, I mean, I lived in my fraternity house for a year, so I mean, I had I had a lot of leadership positions. Um, but when we were when we were trying to adjust to these new things, a lot of the old we asked we had a lot a lot of alumni that would come in and like kind of trash up the place and drink here and thinking this is like a place of refuge. And it was just like not appropriate because if we did get because the university sent over staff to our house to to check on us to see if there was any alcohol. So we had, there was like this balance of trying to make this a place of fun, but also try to, you know, comply with what the university is doing as well. And I was kind of like a little bit more extremist to saying we can't have any parties here. Like we could probably have throw other parties elsewhere because we had other places where we could party. Right. But we couldn't party at our house. As an organization. As an organization. And I'll tell you this, we... We had we also because we had a, a house we mm-hmm. had to pay insurance. Okay. So you know life came as like I'm like an 18 year old 20 year old at the time where I like had to have to deal with insurance. insurance? What is that? Like insurance? Why? Yeah. And liability issues. Knowing like the legal side, if like if anything happens, if somebody gets you know passes out and like has to go to the hospital, mm-hmm. like we, these these were like the realities we had to learn about while we were running our fraternity. I think that's great. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was a good thing, but it was just like like when you're kind of going, to, it's like you're not ready for these kind of responsibilities. But yeah. I think being a part of the fraternity, like we, like I became more um, aware about a lot of these problems with yeah. drinking because I mean when we got in trouble and we ended up getting kicked off like a year after uh, I became an alumni wow so I mean and now the whole fraternity is like ramped it's like a bunch of new people like everything is it still dry yeah it's still dry wow no but I mean I think it's I think it was the good way because there's a lot of liability issues with um my fraternity in terms of drinking yeah. and like other stuff. Uh, I think even my fraternity was in the news for hazing somebody and ended up that person passing away. So it's like, there's a lot, there's a lot of little bad things about torch drinking, but I mean, my experience with it, it's, it's, oh, you know, in moderation, it's always a good thing. 
Right, right. Not to say I haven't gone overboard myself, but. Right. Well, I would imagine in all the many, like, the ongoing, because you, you seem, this is why I feel like you and I are a contrast in terms of, like, you totally were, like, all in, and I was like, this is where I struggled in my 20s because, again, the culture of what I felt was assigned to me, but Uh I also assigned on myself of being Korean, and I felt like it was part of something that I should know. Uh Uh-huh. So this is a weird part about culture, right? Like you can go anywhere else and it's really just like what's normalized around you becomes Uh like what's normal. You know what I mean? And like what's normal here is not normal elsewhere, right? And so what I've seen a lot from being Korean American, Asian American, a Californian, you know, part of the, you know, California public school system, XYZ, and just being in America in general, like a total pop culture fiend, is that alcohol is highly glorified it is highly normalized and as i've seen my friends and most like over half like a lot of my friends are all drinkers you know Uh they all drink socially or have been big partiers at one point in their life yeah so i'm like you know i'm not like conclusively like oh it's terrible right yeah but i think we talk a lot about like how great it is or glorified or like talk about, Oh my God. And we talk about with such endearment. Cause you're uh-huh. like, I was so messed up, but like that paints a very dangerous picture in my opinion. Like to be completely honest, like I've done some stupid stuff wasted. Like, and I haven't been wasted that many times. So like statistically speaking, I'm like the odds of me doing something or being in a situation that later that I regret or feel Physically, emotionally, it was spiritually terrible after, pretty high. Mm-hmm. But because of the culture around it, like, I was just like, oh, no, I'm just young, you know? I'm being like, this is when I'm allowed to do all these uh, things, right? Did you ever feel that or was it always just like, I mean, you're just a positive person. Yeah. Right? And you're also a very intelligent, hardworking person. You kept a job. You, like, do these things. You hustled because you are promoting on the side of, like, working at whatever law firm. So I'm like, it's like people, everyone's journey is different, right? Like the way that they're going to take it. So we're going to go into the third arc of my... Yeah, please do. Like (laughs) it's such a unique way that everyone processes that based on what your normal is. I mean, I think in the past uh, two or three years, my drinking has definitely gone down Um, just because, you know, I'm a little bit more further in my career. You know, you just can't be going into going into it. Like I work in an insurance company right now and like just going in and like being... You have like my, the one thing that I have. I have to be sharp. I have to like. I have to read a lot of things. I have to make sure my analyses are correct. And if I'm like blitz in the morning, I can't. I can't focus. I can't like. I'll be falling asleep or I'll be drooling. On my, I gotta be. I gotta stay focused. So I mean, like drinking during the week is like like a no go. Like maybe I could have like maybe a beer or two, but it, anything outside of that spectrum is just like you cannot. I cannot function the next day. Yeah. So it's just like that's why I always have like the weekends. You always I always tailor my my drinking towards the weekend. So it's so you can recover on Sunday, mm-hmm. which is today. So I mean, mm-hmm. but um, I think uh, as of late, you know, my drinking started to tread into like dangerous areas where you know I was waking up in places where uh, I wasn't supposed to. In people's beds I was supposed to, you know. Uh, and then, uh, you know, like last year, uh, I got my DUI. Mm-hmm. So that wasn't, so that was, I think that was, that wasn't the biggest wake up call. 
but it was one of many. Okay. So, I mean, like, I was, you know, at a certain point, I think, like, some of my drinking started to trend into, like, you know, getting into confrontations I wasn't supposed to. Um, and it's just, like, I wasn't, my body was trending in a way I wasn't supposed to. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, you know, it's just, like, you're, you know, when you're older, like, we're 30 now. It's... Your body just starts slumping. You can't recover as fast. Like it takes. It gets like mad like, at you, Brian. I, I, like, like that's why I like I take like a slew of like vitamins just so I can like function, just like on a regular day. But it's just like right now, um, it's it's become more of an expense. And I think like when you do do it, it's it should be at a time where you can be safe. Yeah, and you can recover. And when you can have fun with your friends in an appropriate time, and right now, like it's just like I'm picking and choosing my days so I can, so I can fulfill all those you know particular uh, points that I just laid out and functions and that, so, that need to be I mean, it, like right, like right now, like uh, I'm gonna, I'm trying not to drink as much because I like. I I've gained a lot of weight. Like I've gained like twenty pounds since like my heyday. Mm-hmm. Uh, and right now it's just like I, uh, I want I want to be able to focus on things a little bit more. It's just like drink is not in my entire life. It's like I don't need to know how to socialize with people anymore. Right, right, right. Because you got that down. Yeah. So it's just like right now, like the 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 whole spe- the whole arc of everything is just like I'm I'm sitting at a, at a point where it's just like. I could still enjoy drinking, but you know, moderation, modulate it. Yeah, it's for just sure. like I don't. If I'm depressed, I go to the gym, go work out. You know, like that's that's, that's that's where, I mean, that's what I like to do. Like I like to spend more of my free time either doing going to the gym, reading, you know, Netflix, Netflix. watching Netflix and chilling. Watching anime, you know, yeah. you know, reading up on I don't know the various the many doctor. different things you can do. Yeah, so I do. I, yeah. Do you think also? Do you, so my argument at, at different points in my life because I've I okay for to set the context like a lot of people thought that I was a huge partier because I did go I again context. Um, I did when I lived in San Francisco, especially I went clubbing a lot. I went every weekend. So I, but funny, I was like the DD most of the time. Cause I would either drink the least or not at all because I didn't really like it. Um, so I recall just what I remember. I wish I, I kept a log or something so I could know. I feel like I only drank about 50% of the time that I actually went out and I did go out a lot, but I just love to go dancing. I love to go dancing. I love to be with my friends. I love dressing up. You know, I, I was a little sassy pants and I was like, I want to wear a cute dress and heels and like go have a good time. And yeah, I was like, if I meet a cute boy, great. But it's like interesting to look back on that because like now in my 30s, I'm just kind of like roll my eyes a little bit. There's part of me that's mostly like, oh, like you did your thing, like way to have fun. Uh-huh. But like part of me is just like, oh God, really? Because I look at like, remember there's like that 10 year challenge that was going on in Instagram? <laughs> I never did that. <laughs> oh that. my God. Well, <laughs> yeah. I was just like humoring it, you know? And I looked at all these pictures on my, I was like, oh, oh no. <laughs> like, I actually, when I, if I did a 10 year challenge, I'm like, damn, that looked good back in the day. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I that also, like, that also, I was, I was like, like, wow, my skin was like perfect. And like, oh, I wasn't as like, ugh, as I thought I was. I was like, get it, girl. I was like, 30 pounds lighter. Like. But like, what was your, did you, my, my thoughts at the time was, 
the funny thing is feels like you're just figuring it out when you're in your 20s, right? At least yeah. I was. I was just like, I could say one thing and do another I think, thing I think in the you, same I think breath. With, I think with your experience, like you were trying to, you're introduced to drinking at like a very sensitive part of your life. I was just like, I was just like open to it, like anything, like anything that was kind of new. And I was just like, oh, let's, this seems fun. You know, yeah. Every, you know, kind of like fitting into the crowd, like, oh, everybody's doing it. Like, oh, why not try it? You know, did why? you, did you feel like the, did, were your parents or anybody around you suppressing, were they telling you, no. besides school, so no one was ever telling you don't drink. No. See, for me, it was like, I think there was a rebellion part of it because I was told by church and by like my family, like it's bad. These are things that like a lady or whatever doesn't do. Nobody, you know, there's nobody in my family that would like support me becoming like a club rat, which I was. Um, so it, for you, it wasn't like a rebellion thing. It's just a like club rat. What does that mean? Just I went clubbing all the time. I, was, like, a little, you know, I lived at the club. Yeah, I mean that was really my my early twenties to like mid twenties. I was I partied. I did party a lot, but to me, partying equated to drinking. Well, I mean I. Didn't know you until you're like late. Th- yeah, late, yeah. Late so you didn't. 20s. You knew. You knew me when I was becoming like, a grandma. But I would still go. I would, I'm social, so I would still go out a lot, and then I would stop by a lot of. I don't parties. know. My, my I mean, my perception of you was like, oh, you're like always sober, always like kind of like very sharp, especially with a lot of the things that you always do. You're always very sharp. I was like, I think, like I knew you kind of, like you may drink a little bit, but I was like. As a part, I never had that view of you. I don't know maybe because you're because the you're always, cause you're always out. I was like, I was, the, I was because I was. Maybe it was. Maybe this is a whole relative comparison because I'm just like the complete degenerate, and then you're, you're the. <laughs> you're like, if you were, I would know. <laughs> like, I would have seen like, you out think, more. It's just like you had like this like really like good Christian view of yourself, and like I'm like the real degenerate here funny people like that call me like there's so there's people that would think that i'm like a goody goody too and i was like there, i'm somewhere in between there but i'm well not. i mean i mean i've always seen you in professional settings and you know you've i think for most of the part like uh, except for coachella <laughs> exactly. so that's why my friends were like you go to coachella and i was like i love coachella i've gone like three years and they're like what you don't strike me as that? So it's just funny, okay? No, I think I think everyone I think is San, different. San Francisco versions. friends think you're like the the crazy the crazy party girl, and like your LA friends are like, what? I thought yeah. she was a good girl. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. You're like always she's like, not out, and you're like, <laughs> or I'm like at collaboration events, like you're I'm like, producing it. It's like you're always at auditions, doing this, doing that, going to Harvard and doing like <laughs> it's like. Can't see you're going to. Well, that's the funny thing. It's like, well, like being a part of the actor world, like artist world. Everyone like paints like that's like such a small percentage of like artists who are out getting wasted all the time. Literally, because our life is such a hustle, you cannot literally cannot afford to be wasted because you have yeah, to be no, ready for to. the next audition gig. What I mean, have those, you? I mean, those. I think those actors that that can like f- be functional while doing their craft as well. It's just like. That's like a different I mean, level. Few and far I'm like like one of one of my friends. He he's a he's an attorney, and he he'll just he'll just crack out like ten memos and go go to go to trial, and after a whole bender of drinking. And wow! Like not not even like see. So it's like to each. Yeah, I, mean, I mean, it's just but like like I can't do that. You probably can't do that. Like I, I don't like, think I was like, ever I know my, built to do that. Like right? my my body is like I like right now like. I may have been able to do that, like when I was like twenty six, 
Now it's just like, no, I can't do that anymore. But would you say also with corporate life? Because, right, I've, like, lived this, like, nonprofit artist world, right? Uh-huh. But I, And then that's its whole kind of own world of, like, partying. Because their schedules are not the same either because uh-huh. we're not working nine to fives. And so it's a different mentality uh-huh. and discipline. But, like, my friends are, like, all in San Francisco. A lot of them work in, like, tech or for, you know, banks, yeah. iBanks or, like, Wells Fargo or whatever. Their, drinking is still a huge part of their life because they all go to happy hours. They all go to, like, mm-hmm. tech conferences. And everyone just drinking and you're doing sales deals or whatever is all over drinks right uh-huh. like let's grab drinks they're usually not talking about a latte they're talking about let's get you know some cocktails let's get a beer so like would you say because you're like you're part of that corporate world even though yeah. you've done the party life is that part of like what you were well i'm not i'm not i'm not like mine is just <laughs> my experience and what i do is just like it's regulated to the desk i don't i don't i'm not there making deals or trying to woo somebody into like a brand new deal but um I feel like a lot of my friends that do have to do do that have to build up relationships over drinking and why can't um, you do that with hiking or yoga? <laughs> that's what a lot of people are trying to not do. Not everybody's a hipster. Yeah, that's true. No, but no, um, I wish it was a little bit more like that, a little bit more. But I mean, as you said, it's very cultural to have. I mean, like even with Chinese culture, there's like they, I I think one of my. My uncles said, like, when he was making a lot of – he used to work for Qualcomm. He went over to China to build up uh, certain deals and he's like, I don't – we don't make deals unless we have a drink because they always felt that um, drinking brings out the truth. Right. It's truth so, serum. So, truth so, serum. So, yeah, So yeah, that's yeah. why – so I think – That's true. With, I think with even that, um, I think it's really – it's ingrained into us, right. but I mean, it's still, it's still, as I said, it's enjoyable in moderation. If you right. have like two or three, you know, it's good. You know, if you're on a sun Saturday and you have time for coming the next day, you know, maybe, maybe five to six is good. You know, that's yeah. a, that's a, that's a manageable range, but once you pass a threshold 10, which I did a lot, mm-hmm. you know, you get that past that 10 shot uh, threshold, then you're getting into territory where it's like, um, getting into the dangerous zone <laughs> for sure for so sure you're gonna black out it's, it's just it creates a different i feel like again culture wise it creates a different like click uh-huh. because there are the people who drink and the people who don't and i think that's something i struggled with to be honest like i i am an ambitious person i want to get a lot of stuff done i want to you know get deals signed or whatever like i would love to be able to negotiate and do things and i understand that the culture around it is like let's grab a drink and yada 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 and i felt like that i was always personally and this is like a very middle school sentiment but i was like felt like it was like a club that i couldn't ever join because i tried but i can't hang and i don't like it it makes me fat and like it's empty calories it's money that i don't have to spend you know like for all these reasons to me i was just like i don't really it's not my thing but i feel like i have to if I want to be in the rooms that I want to be in or if I want to be cool like this is full disclosure because I'm in my 30s and I'm okay saying this out loud Uh but I feel like it was just like this decade of like feeling left out and like if I didn't then I'm like the loser who doesn't and like in general that's such a bad look and bad vibe but that's how I felt I think I think if somebody has that impression about you going into uh, uh, that's not that's not the right that was like right. self-imposed though I don't no, think everybody yeah. looked yeah. at me I mean, I mean, but I, I did mean. it because I was like well if I'm not and that's honestly well, I, I mean you, there's like little tricks you can do you can pretend it's like oh huh. you just accept the drink and then pass it up make sure you bring a friend that's an alcoholic and then give it to them <laughs> oh I totally did that oh yeah no, all that, my I mean, birthdays were that oh yeah that's what you should do like I that's what I've been 
I mean, this the streak of being sober. Like I was, it was my, it was one of my good friend's birthday. I was like, I stayed home because I don't, because I didn't know if I went out, I was going to drink. <laughs> so it's just like you got to just like either seclude yourself, try to call, like if you if you have your own goals and you're trying to do something else. Like right now, I'm like, I was trying to lose weight, trying to read more, you know, uh, and not not like really get into that mindset of drinking anymore yeah i think i think like you just there's like little there's little things you can do in your life in terms of lifestyle yeah where even if you do have to go out you don't have like i think you it's always it's, it's always it's always like it's always like i feel like an internal well it's like if you could like i used to, i used to go cl- like when i was going through these like little streaks of being sober i would go to the club sober and just deny people all the time but when they figure out that you you are trying to be sober. Yeah. They'll rack it up and try to pressure. Why do you they even do more. that? That's because so they just annoying. want to break you. Because it's hilarious. Is it hilarious? Yeah. I think that's okay. To them. To them. For, yeah. To them. And I think that that's something that genuinely fills me with rage as a woman, right? Yeah. Or like when I see that, this is like full disclosure because I've wanted to like, I'm, and this is not yeah. directed to you. This is like to the culture, right? When I see that. I'm like, here's the difference. Like, if someone's enjoying their drink because they like it, great. Like, good on you. You, like, enjoy your freaking drink. When people need to make other people do what they're doing in order for, like, it seems like a very sad, like, I need validation. I need you to do what I'm doing so that I feel less sad about it. Second of all, when I would see guys who would, like... And these are a lot of my friends. I would give them a lot of grief about it because they'd be like, well, I just like, I don't feel, and I, I would be as empathetic as possible, but I'd always, at the end of the day, if it got too far, I'd be like, yo, if you cannot approach somebody unless you are bombed, like uh-huh. if that's the social lubricant that you need as a crutch, there's something deeper, like <laughs> you need a man up, yeah. like full, like just to keep it hundred percent real. That was my genuine attitude and if in and it's different because we're all at a different stages socially right so if that's what you need that's what you need but me as my opinion as like when i saw a dude if he needed to be wasted to even talk to me on one hand some girls might think that that's cute because like he's so nervous and like oh he just needs to like calm down whatever but it's a red flag okay other side is as a red flag that's not cute like are you a confident person do you feel secure in yourself Uh do you have social skills so it it benefits you to not have that crutch sometimes because you know everyone can interpret that but that's how i interpreted it Uh i was just like to me it's different when someone's just enjoying it because they enjoy it versus yeah. like, I need this. And I was like, that's weak. You know, I'd be like, that's, that's not particularly attractive to me. There was, and there was a distinction between yes. people just like do it because they're having fun versus like, I cannot have fun unless I have alcohol. And that's what I felt a lot of like, at least Korean Americans. You know, I was at, that. I was at kind of that point. I was like, I didn't know how to have fun without alcohol. Really? Yeah. I was just like, like I was always talking about like, what do we need to do to have fun? That's like, <laughs> what are some sober activities like all the time? We're like, wait, what? like because you because you're doing it all the time. Like though you you associate because you do it like you forget what you did ha- did for fun before you started drinking. Yeah, it's like it's like oh crap, what did I? When did you ask yourself that? When what oh, was that? was that before like after the date? Like twenty eight. Okay. It's like because because it's just like we're. I was waking up. We're me and my friends were always waking up in precarious places. <laughs> we're like, oh. Can you yeah. give an example? Because you brought this up, like you've woken up in different places. Oh man! Can you oh, give an God. anecdote that is shareable that you're okay with? I mean, it's it's just the recall. Uh, <laughs> like, 
oh, man, I've driven while, while I've been drunk. This is before, like, we really had an Uber. Like, and just, like, waking up on the side of roads. Uh, Brian. Yeah. So that, that upsets me. Yeah. So your dear friend, but like, yeah. what the hell, man? I yeah. want to punch you. Well, this is this is this is when I was like 27, 28. So See, honestly, yeah. like full disclosure, people very, very, yeah. very close to me. I will not name names because they're not here to volunteer that information. I'm trying to be better about this. But people very close to me yeah. have done that, and I have been extremely worried in certain situations yeah. at different points in my life that they were going to die. Or that they might have killed somebody, and yeah. in either situation, life's kind of over. You know, what I mean? you know. I mean, I mean, like most most of the time, like we always had a place to crash. That's good. So, so I mean, like we would, like me, like me and my friends, we would always like, like I would crash at Tom's place, or I would crash. You know, it's good to have side. a plan. No, yeah, we always, I, we always, but you know, sometimes I, I would wander off, and we would just like go random places, mm-hmm. going out. This is when like. K time was popping. Like you could go and go to go to the uh, go to the karaoke spots until like six in the morning, which people did. Yeah, and that was that was always really fun. So I mean, like we always we always got those Korean taxis and we're able to get there. So good. I'm glad you took a taxi. But, but I mean, those. I mean, um, but I mean, like usually it's like right now when we're at that point where it's like. We're getting a little bit older, and we're trying to figure out what we wanted to do. I right. remember I, we were, I was on like a uh, kind of like a hiking binge for a while. I was like, "Oh, let's go hiking." That's great. But that's such like a polar opposite. I know. <laughs> you know, like here, like when I was when when I was in my heyday, uh, partying and promoting. Like I would, I wasn't really working really. Hard. I mean, I wasn't. I didn't have like full time employment. I was just at the gym like half of the time, so that's why I was able to like stay in shape and still drink so much. Because your body's like kind of prepared, I guess. Yeah. Like, okay. So, so yeah. I mean, like when you when you're able to work out right after like a binger, like it was. Yeah. You can you can digest and you know break down the alcohol a lot better. But now right. it's just like I'm working a lot more. You just don't have time. So that's why I'm like I've restricted my like something's got to give. It's all about trade off. So that's what so I'm right glad now. you're being practical with that. Yeah, because I'm like genuinely no, I, I, this is and it's like for your safety. It's for everyone else's safety and for your health because like it'd be great. I you know my general wish wish for everybody that I like well everybody that I think is great. I want them to live a long time and be happy. And all these <laughs> yeah, for sure. But and it's also like. Do you see do you, in hindsight or even now do you see the problematic side I mean because oh, you're yeah. a promoter and so I'm sure you were in this I get personally really irritated with sloppy drunks I've had to babysit like mm-hmm. people I'll just mm-hmm. leave that people and it's pissed me off it's you know I've been I've been in the middle of a fight. That was one of the scariest moments of my life. Mm-hmm. Um, was downtown Oakland after a, a Casa Culture show is when I met PK Oh, I invited really? PK to come. Oh, really? Okay. It was like at a very important, meaningful night for me, and it ended up with cops and with. Uh, it was in a bad fight between Korean Americans and then other Korean Americans with other Vietnamese Americans. This was like Asian on Asian fighting. Mm. It was stupid over like a guy looking at a guy the wrong way in line for the bathroom. That's literally how it started. Yeah. And there I've, were broken got- soju bottles, and my friend had to get stitches, and I got trampled on like by guys who are like drunk and, and belligerent. That was one of the scariest nights of my life. 
And PK had just become a dad. So he jokes about it, but he ran because he was like, I'm a freaking dad right now. I'm like beyond this. No, you know I mean, he I mean? doesn't have time for that kind of shit. Yeah. And it, I don't think anybody should. So, yeah. like, that's the part that, like, scares me as, like, a human, as someone, like, I would never want you or anybody in that situation. And it easily escalates to that, right, when there's alcohol involved. Because you could have, like, all these happy people and then one person's, like, having a bad day. Uh-huh. And it could, everything can go wrong. Oh. Have you seen those? Like, because I'm sure you've seen oh, a lot of this, things. Oh. What is the dark side of the this? Oh, thing? so um, I wasn't drunk. Okay, but um, I got into I got into a uh, a scrub at BCDs. <laughs> this is a tofu restaurant, you guys. This is a tofu soup restaurant. Okay, so um. <laughs> <laughs> um you know, you, you do you remember Line Line Hotel? Yes. Yeah, where? Uh, so this this, this Korean bar place right off of like Wilshire and right in the heart of K Town. Yeah, and um, I think I wasn't even drinking that night. I was just like I was there for my friend's birthday, and then right after right after the. Uh, the bar closes when we were walking. You know, it's like the it's like the usual thing to do. It's like we go to BCDs right after because everybody's like a little drunk and want to get some food in them. Yeah, and we all sit down. We're having a good time, about to eat, and a bunch of dudes come up right right behind me, and they start pointing at one of my friends and s- start accusing them of. Uh, harassing one of their girls. Like, I don't know if that was true or not. Yeah. But the the guys were definitely belligerently drunk and the, they had the girls yelling at him as well. So it made me a little bit more curious about the credibility of their claim because they were all of them were probably about 10 shots deep, just drunk, just yelling out like stupid nothings. Uh-huh. And this is right behind my head. Uh-huh. And, you know, I'm sitting there like, I actually had like a white shirt on. I'm sitting there with a white shirt on, and the, and I turn around and I and I ask him like, "Can you, can you guys like calm down?" And that's not what you're supposed to say to somebody who's belligerent, drunk, and yeah. obnoxious. Hey man, and relax. <laughs> and the guy swung right at my face, punched me in the face. I got knocked down, and I was gonna, I was gonna rush him. I was gonna punch this guy in the face as well. Granted, I'm completely sober. Yeah, and I, and then his girl runs right in front of me, so I pull back and push. The girl pushes me, then starts grabbing all of our soups and starts chucking it at me. So we're getting into a food fight. And I grab one of our friends and chuck it at her. Oh and, my and, god! Yeah, the police ended up coming. I ended up having my had I think I had like a long line shirt on, drenched in kimchi uh, tofu soup. So you went in with a white shirt and you left with a red shirt. <laughs> yes. Um, Did you get arrested that night? Or? No, no. I didn't get arrested. I didn't assault anybody. Yeah. <laughs> it was more... I got assaulted. Yeah. The police actually questioned me. I was... They thought I was the person that caused everything. I was like, no, 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 no. I was like... Ah, I left my statement. I was like... I just left. I could have pressed charges on... The, but they ran off. Got it. But um, I didn't know who the were, who they were, but they ended up. They were just a little bit. I th- I don't know what the circumstances were. The friends, what my friend did, mm-hmm. may or may not. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But uh, 
I got the brute force of it. <laughs> I didn't Seriously. have to. I didn't, ha- I didn't have like to pay the for sacrificial my- lamb. I didn't have to fight. pay for my meal, but you know, I only I only ate like two scoops of before of you my got best. it thrown on you. <laughs> yeah. So oh, you've also brought up like before earlier, just like the dynamics. This is what I can say from like a female standpoint of like having been a partier uh-huh. and the nights that I did get drunk and like make decisions that I would not make again but you know alcohol being like the social lubricant that it is Uh and it's like about it's about like lowering your inhibitions and like doing things more adventurously or things that you would like be you basically are being riskier than you would if you were sober right did you did you and you don't have to share more than you care about or like do you know of other people that ended up in really bad situations with like between men and women because I mean, I've definitely seen I've definitely seen things, but I've never um, seen, seen it played out. Mm-hmm. I've seen like guys obnoxiously. I, I mean, like you know, buying you drink, buying you drinks, or don't know how to like you know deal with rejection properly. Yeah. Um, I mean, maybe maybe that has to deal with um, some of. The masculinity of, of, you know... Toxic masculinity. Uh, toxic masculinity. Or, I mean, I don't think masculinity is that in, in itself. In it itself. That's why I call it toxic masculinity. But, so, but I, mean, like, I mean, like, when, when, it does, when it does get into the range of being extremely inappropriate, I think that, yeah, I've definitely seen, seen a, lot of, a lot of guys approach, approach in, and overplay their hand and thinking, you know, they get, I don't know, whether it's cockiness or, um, but yeah, I think they do 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 tread into that area, and I'm I don't. It's hard for me to recall because I've been always very inebriated. Yeah. So so well, I, I, mean, can't, I can't I can't draw like with a lot of these experiences. Like I can't draw into the particular. Would thing. would girlfriends ever like the homegirls ever come to you and like share like bad experiences or like I've I I mean I've had. Uh, Probably, I, I, oh, I think we were mentioning one person, but we're not going to mention his name. <laughs> that I've, I've heard. I don't know if it's been alcohol induced, but I think he's just been inappropriate in certain ways. I've seen, seen certain uh, screenshots, but I mean, uh, okay, there's yeah, there, so but I've seen, I've seen people overextend themselves. You know, t- touching the touching people at. at See, that's where, like, this sucks about, like, partying, right? Because to me, as, like, I feel like it's always been an arena for guys to enjoy themselves. I I do enjoy myself in segments, but, like, it's always a liability to also go out because I think when I think, this is where I'm, like, in my 30s and, like, going through therapy and all Uh this stuff, where all my rage is coming from. Yeah. Part of my rage comes from the fact that, like, especially guys who are wasted, but guys in general, when we're at clubs or bars or just in a social setting... Especially when, especially again, being statistic here, when alcohol is introduced and they feel this social lubricant, like they can do what they please. Yeah. And that's part of this toxic masculinity that is getting addressed as we speak yeah. right now. But like there are way too many times more than I can count at every, almost every single event I was ever at that I got touched when I didn't want to be touched. And guys, I would put their hands around my waist and there's guys who grab my butt. And like some of them, I would never even know who it was. But some of them, I'd yeah. be so used to it. Like one of my 20s, it happened in clubs. Like guys would like grab my waist to like try to dance with me. And I'm like, in what universe, like now in hindsight, I'm like, in what universe do you think that you have any authority? Like, no, that's. To, if you want to dance with me, come talk to me. Actually, like a real I just, I just recalled one of one of my uh, 
friends, one of my girlfriends was, you know, inappropriately touched, like at an event that we had, uh, like probably about like six months, like a guy just went up and like groped her, her chest. And it was just, it was just like, it was just like, I, I mean, I didn't see it, but I, but she definitely told me about it. And she was, it was like the guy got kicked out. It was an older, it was an older gentleman. Uh, I mean, so it was just like, I, yeah, stuff does happen, and it's yeah. you know. I mean, and I think I think I think I think a lot of guys out there know how to approach that and challenge that in a very appropriate way, right? And uh, yeah, I mean, see, this is my problem, and this is why I was like thinking, like, and not to make it like in and of itself is like an evil thing. Cause I'm, I'm thinking I'm at the point where like there was a time where it goes in waves. Like I would go like, it's great. And it's terrible. And then it's, it's okay. And they're like, Oh no, I hate it. Like, I think I'm more medium now. Yeah. Like I agree with you in moderation is important. That's why, that's why, adult. that's why, that's why you go with your friends. Yeah. Your friends are always like a good barrier against, against, against these, against these particular people that, that do like to, take advantage of the situation. Right. So, I mean, that's why I always, I always go with like, like my, my group of friends, we're like typically very, very enclosed and we're always really good about, about policing ourselves about those certain things. And so taking care just, of each other. So that's the vibe I got. Even at Coachella, like that's the vibe I got, even though I felt very out of place being like amongst these like hardcore partiers. I was like, I, <laughs> who does not belong and be like, raise my hand. But at the same time, I know that there are a lot of like, it's like friendly protocol put in place. Yeah. Like you'll look out for each other. I've had friends that like, if I'm around a creeper guy or girl, like I'll, you know, I'm like, yo, and they'll come help me. Yeah. But it's also just like, these are the realities. And like in these social settings, alcohol, it can be fun. And, but okay. So, and I want to like, but for the fact that you've had this like different turning point, in, like being experiencing this hiking sober life and whatever. No, that was like that was like a that was like a binge like right after a binge of hiking, <laughs> a binge of hiking, <laughs> Brian. Well, we're trying to use the the drinking vernacular, so it's a little bit more yeah yeah, yeah. easy to transition it's on brand. <laughs> but like, what do you think is like like at this point in your life? What are your thoughts on like? the socialization of alcohol in America or like even maybe with <coughs> Asian Americans or with Asia. I mean, there's so many, uh, so many layers. Yeah. yeah. Um, do you think it's like, we're, do you think it's good? Is it, you, would you recommend it to your, like your son and or daughter? That's always an interesting thing because it's something I think, that maybe I, I mean, like, well, here's the thing like, with my parents, they never forced anything on me. They, they're not drinkers uh-huh. at all. My parents are not drinkers. Like my, I think the only person that really drinks a lot in my family is probably my uncle. On my, my Japanese side, and he was always. You're part Japanese. Yeah, uh-huh. part Japanese. I did not know that. Part I'm half Japanese, half Chinese. Okay. Little caveat. Anyways, uh, I he was he was kind of the, he was kind of the drinker, but like I, it was never a part of my life. It was just I always so I never had like negative. It was a neutral uh, connotation to it, but like right now it's just like it's teetering more on on the negative side. When, and in terms of introducing it to, I would never introduce alcohol to my kids, uh-huh. unless they're up, like unless they're of age. And I think they're gonna figure out the realities of alcohol through their friends or through school or through culture, watching films. Yeah. You know? Do I you mean, trust that? I mean, it's it is what it is right now. So I I think like they're gonna be introduced to it anyways, and I'll, I'll just tell them. I think being a good parent is putting it, 
is to tell them what is the correct way. Show them the good way. Not sh- don't show them the bad way. Just show them the good way. Yeah. They'll figure like they're gonna probably they're because gonna you're probably, not the you know, only parent. Yeah, they're probably gonna you know me being realistic. They're gonna probably drink. They're probably gonna do it behind my back. Like because I I've done a lot of things behind my parents' back. But I mean like as long as they know the facts mm-hmm. about what they're doing what they're putting in their body and knowing the repercussions of it. Mm-hmm. And if they're willing to take those risks, you know, like we have, we have, yeah. you know, I mean, it, it's all a part of growing up. You want, when you're growing up, you want to be, you want to do things that are outside of the realm of, you know, acceptability. Mm-hmm. So you want to, you want to step out of your boundaries. You want to be, you want to be kind of naughty. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, yeah, it's like, it's like, it's like it. And if they do fuck up, it's like you, you're prepared for this. You're like, oh, okay, you fucked up. Like, it's not like the end of the world. If they start, if they end up drinking, they come home a little, a little drunk or something. Right. It's like it's like, did you get here safely? Did you do this? Did right. You do that? That, those are the responsible things. Mm-hmm. Your kids are gonna fuck up anyways. Right. So, but um, knowing what you know, because to the yeah. extent that you wish you pushed the freaking envelope, Brian, <laughs> are, are you not a little bit worried about like, <laughs> what if you have Brian Gosling Jr. <laughs> and you're like, oh no. You know what the funny thing is? What I've always like, your your kids always try to do what you're. They always try to do. They don't try to emulate you. Uh-huh. They they try to go very, like I always. I always didn't want to do what my dad did, but you end up progressing to the meaning. You end up coming to your dad, but I mean, I guess that's kind of the journey, mm-hmm. but, um, yeah. If he starts trending down my, I'm like, I'm, that's fine. Okay. I mean, I don't, I don't have a big problem with it. Like I always thought that I've done things relatively safe. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> so no, that's great. I mean, of course, I mean, of course you, you, get out of that terrain of being safe. But I mean, I mean, you got to know where your boundaries are. And like, I felt like I, I met where my boundaries are and you're going, you're regressing back to the mean. Yeah. So you don't, so you don't, so you don't tread, you don't go overboard. You overdose, you have your stomach pumped. You yeah. Never, you, I mean, hurt somebody all, else, you know, alcohol poisoning sucks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, well, cause I feel like there's a wide range of liabilities and that comes from like harming yourself to harming other people yeah. and becoming, from like on a on a low key end, from being like just being annoying to being like yeah, you sure. physically damage or end somebody else's life. There's a wide range there, so I just think that like you're playing with fire. So here's the th- I'm like I'm never gonna stop people from drinking, nor would I ever want to. No. But I just think that there need- for me the reason why I'm curious to discuss this on air and with somebody who is like a seasoned <laughs> veteran because I don't think it's it, fundamentally bad, but I think culture can really influence how we like how we how we internalize it and then interpret like what's normal acceptable what risk is worth it that's where like that's where culture does play a role because you're like okay if this is gonna make me the life of the party or make me able to talk to that person that i'm terrified to talk to otherwise or whatever if that's worth risking x y and z I mean that's your decision, but like culture does influence that because it's I, I, putting I, I those think things. What culture could probably do a better job at is like uh, revealing the realities of drinking. Right. We're not. We're we're very uh, uh, more susceptible to the to the glories of drinking. Exactly. So I mean, uh, yeah, we can we can be a little bit better about showing the negative sides of it as well. I don't know how you would uh, represent that in 
in our current media, but um, that's probably something that you, <laughs> you yeah, probably, I don't think about that. Yeah, something that you should probably get a hold on. Um, but challenge accepted, yeah. Brian. <laughs> any regrets? Do you have any like? Is it regretful? You know, I regret my getting my DUI. Uh, mm. do I, that's real. Yeah. yeah. I mean, other, but I mean, would I take it back? No. I mean, I think you you have to feel a little bit of pain to to learn to to, to know not to do it again. Yeah. You know, kind of thing. But um, I mean, I wouldn't take back any any of those experiences in terms of regrets. But I think a DUI is worth regretting, like because that's oh, like yeah. that's a serious. Yeah, Thanks. that's a that that was that was like a ten thousand dollar. That's <laughs> a ten thousand dollar regret. That's a ten thousand dollar regret. Especially yeah. because at this day and age, it's not to like I'm not trying to like scold you, but it's like at this day and age, oh, anybody yeah. you have a phone, bring an extra battery so you can make sure you can get an Uber, <laughs> yeah, or Lyft. Like, yeah, I there again. There are people in my life that I want to like punch somewhere <laughs> to like. Because it's just like, why? Why do that? Like, get a freaking taxi or stay somewhere else or, like, whatever. Yeah, I, I've gotten a... That's the misjudgment that so, happens. So, so people... Some misjudgment. People, I, so this is, like, I think... I think little little pro tip. Um, a lot of people are very conscious about, like, L.A. in particular, about the massive amount of t- uh, parking tickets you get. Uh-huh. And that's why a lot of people are like, oh, if I leave my car here, I'm going to get a parking ticket. I'll, like, this is the kind of, like... Then plan uh, ahead and Uber there. Yeah. Don't bring your car. Yeah. Dummy. No, <laughs> <laughs> no but that's what, that's what certain, certain people always are thinking. Like, the parking ticket, like, it's going to cost you, like, 70 bucks. Right. Just leave it there. It's better than 10000 <laughs> Thank you. What's bigger, $10,000 or $70? I know we're Asian. We could do the math. But. We could do the, yeah. No, but, the, again, and this is, like, it's this is to have a realistic conversation about, like, the partying life. Yeah. There's a lot of pros. It's fun. It can be fun. It can also be really, really just bleh. That's like I haven't found a word. They're well, I mean, great nights, I mean, and that, they're that's like exactly, <laughs> that's exactly what it is. Yeah, I'm just puking. Yeah, <laughs> I mean physically, and like there are moments that you variety of moments. And for me, like the reason why I do the podcast is like let's have a real discussion about yeah, n- like the good and the bad and everything in between because nothing ever is black and white. You okay. can't say this is all good and this is all bad. Um, like celebrations, parties, nuance. like, nuance. yeah, it's nuance, <laughs> right? We're expanding. Um, do you have any, do you have any final thoughts before we wrap up the podcast? And you like, you, you also fed me like ideas for many more discussions. We were <laughs> oh, but man. unfortunately for this oh. episode, any final thoughts, your growth <sighs> and your sobriety? <laughs> um, everything in moderation. Mm-hmm. Even moderation? <laughs> no, I mean, like, sometimes you need to do binge, but sometimes I think totally stole that quote from Joe Rogan. But <laughs> well, what's his quote? Everything in moderation. Including moderation. moderation. Interesting. <laughs> um, if you're going to drink, just do it. Know your ranges. If you're gonna If you're going to go overboard, make sure you have a place to crash and... Have your phone have your phone available so you can Or like right. tell your friend. Yeah, you know, I don't know. Like I'm just like plan ahead. Yeah. I mean I sound also, so I mean, plan uh, ahead. Plan uh, ahead. I mean, instead of being cliche, I mean like 
go work out. Like that's gonna help. If you're gonna go drinking, go go to the gym for an hour. Go on the treadmill, lift some weights. Because that's what I did, and it it was it was a good uh, shield against you know becoming the fattest I am right now. But <laughs> well, it's health too. Yeah, like, it's a, yeah. like we didn't even talk about the biological effects of oh, alcohol. Yeah. Is a depressant? Is calories? Alcohol is carbs, and like it's a lot. Of, it's sugar. It's a lot of. Sugar. Well, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not a health expert or anything. This is just my 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 layman. Yeah. On <laughs> layman a purely now. vanity standpoint, like that's also one of the reasons yeah. why I didn't want to drink. It's because yeah. I didn't want to put extra calories in my body that I didn't really like or feel good and pay money for that. Your moneymaker is right here. I'm like, I'm working out (laughs) for a reason, trying to be healthy, keep clear skin. And like, I didn't want anything messing with that. So that's part, honestly, that's another part of like my reason why I didn't want to. I was just like haggard. I mean. Hungover's not a cute look on me. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, if you're going to enjoy alcohol, enjoy it in moderation. Yeah. Be safe. Um, And also be aware my thing, my request to people is I've been in the situation where I use alcohol as a cop-out. Be really, I think self-awareness is really, really important in general in life, but especially if you're going to introduce other substances into your body. I've seen people get on really bad benders and I've seen people like be on drugs in a very, and it go in very Uh dangerous, dangerous ways. Um, So it does matter what state of mind you're in, including Mm -hmm. the first time I had alcohol, the fact that I was like in a very bad emotional state, I think my body wasn't ready. My my mind wasn't ready for it. And it just took me to a bad place really quick. And it's, it's just, I felt like crap. I made my friends. I feel like I ruined the night for other people, you know? And like, so it's, it, it is what it is. And I think it can be enjoyed for sure. Glass of wine with dinner, like going out and partying, celebrating weddings, like all these things is great. But like, be aware. <laughs> I think self-awareness is just like, if you're not in a place, it amplifies things. You know what I mean? Even the things you're trying to suppress, it will it it can amplify it, and y'all be ready better be ready for dealing with that. Honestly, just take just take breaks from it. Yeah, like I I take a break. I'm taking I taking three month break from it. Yeah, I you don't need it. Yeah, and you. That's the part. See, that's where I feel like our American culture we can kind of grow out of. Like we don't need it. You can enjoy it. We really don't need it. I don't know. That's just my my two cents. Yeah. And I'll continue to be. I'll listen to other people. I'm glad that I talked to you about this. Yeah, I feel like absolutely. I learned way more about you <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> versus just like seeing you party. <laughs> yeah. But um, and I know that there's nothing like you have so much more to share. So I hope you'll uh, come back. We can talk about a lot of different things. We can talk about so many things. But thank you. Yeah, absolutely. I hope you had fun like sharing your stories. And I feel like there's a lot more there. That <laughs> yes, there is. is I think I have to think about it so I can recite it back to you properly. But yeah. maybe you'll have me on. This is the intro. <laughs> um, but do you want do you want to plug your Instagram or anything? Or? Uh, not really. Okay. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not very self-promotional. <laughs> you're, the, you're the first guest that's like, I'm good. <laughs> but thank you so much. Yes, no problem. Um, if I'll ask you on Facebook, whatever. Yeah. Well, you can share the, you can share the podcast. Yeah, Hopefully sure. people can hear your thoughts on it. Yeah. Um, and I hope your friends who do party and stuff don't think that I'm like a judgmental butt face, but uh, just like, a little, it's okay. Yeah, like, Everybody's I, a little bit judgy. You need to, you need to cut. I have my opinions <laughs> just cause I've seen a lot and I've been yeah. through a lot, but uh, that's my thing. And you know, just, I honestly, end of the day, I want people to be safe. That's it. Yeah. Safety. That's, that's- don't harm yourself or other people and enjoy life. Be healthy. Um, but yeah, if you enjoyed this episode of, first of all, I hope that you will share it with a friend. Please subscribe and leave a five-star review if you enjoyed it. It does help me. And um, if you'd like to become a patron and become a monetary supporter of the First of All podcast, you can go to patreon.com, which is a platform for crowdfunding your creative 
content creators, creative content, cre- yeah, creative content creators. That sounds redundant. Anyway, um, you can go to patreon.com slash first of all podcasts. And thank you to Martin Yue, my audio producer, audio engineer and producer. And thank you to Aquafina for use of her song, Yellow Ranger. I'm a proud member of the Potluck Podcast Collective, which is a collective of Asian American podcasters and storytellers. And you can find first of all on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Radio Public, and everywhere else that you find podcasts. Thank you so much for tuning in this week. Um, More amazing discussions, including more talks with Brian coming up ahead. So I hope you'll tune in again. Thanks so much and have a great week. Bye. Bye, Brian. Hey, I'm Phil Yu, and you may know me from a blog called Angry Asian Man. And I'm Jeff Yang, author, journalist, and celebrity dad. We host a podcast called They Call Us Bruce, an unfiltered conversation about what's happening in Asian America. Each week or so, we host a discussion about some of the most vital and interesting topics in our pop culture and our community, bringing in guests who are shaping and informing this thing called Asian America from Hollywood to D.C. and beyond. Uh, We've got media, entertainment, food, family, politics, representation, the good, the bad, the WTF of it all. So check us out wherever you get your podcasts or at theycallspruce.com. Peace. Peace. Peace.